The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Jody, I'm totally ready. Let's get radical. <laughs> are you psyched for today's show? Because I'm totally psyched. I am because, um, you know, our, our guest today has a lot to do with alcohol and I like alcohol. <laughs> we, yeah, we both like alcohol. I know that. I really like beer and I just moved to Portland, Oregon, where it's like beer all the time. IPAs are like the thing. Um, and we, we have like a superstar on the show today who is actually um, owns, co-owns her own brewery. And is the newest dragon on the Dragon's Den, which is a Canadian show like Shark Tank. Isn't it pretty? I, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I, I mean that that I think she might be our biggest guest yet. I know it's it's kind of exciting. I'm kind of I'm like, are we going to be thrown in the Dragon's Den? I don't know. I guess we have to see how the show goes, right? But I want to let's introduce her. Let's give her a proper introduction. Um, Manjeet Minhas is the co-founder and co-owner of Minhas Breweries and Distillery. She started her companies at the age, the ripe age of 19 in Alberta. Um, with her partner and brother, Ravinder Minhas. Together, they gave the big boys a run for their money, which we always love here on the show, thereby becoming the first successful company to enter the Canadian beer industry in many decades. Currently, she has over 90 brands of beers, spirits, liquors, and wines. Her products are sold in five provinces, as well as 45 states throughout the USA and 16 countries. Welcome to the show, Manji. Thank you. So glad you could be with us. No, I mean, Thanks I know, me. yeah, the show is, you know, we're, we usually work with small small business owners and entrepreneurs. So, you know, obviously you're not a small business owner. You're on the Dragon's End helping entrepreneurs, you know, make their dreams come true. And so, you know, right. I think you have, a, you have a pretty interesting story. I mean, you started at age 19 and I was reading that, or I, I think I re- watched a video where you were talking about drumming up the first 10th K for your business and you went to a bank mm-hmm. and the bank was like, yeah, we're not going to give you this money <laughs> unless you have your father come in and sign for this. So you were like, right. yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> and I was really impressed by that because to me that that's setting your values early. So, so you sold your car and you scraped yep. together 10, 10, 10 grand with your brother and you mm-hmm. launched your, your, your line of beer. And so what were your conversations like at that point with your brother? I mean, how did that all sort of 
Well, Get born. You know what? It's a blessing to be young because <laughs> um, you say that and then I laugh now that, that we said, yeah, I said, yeah, you know, I walked out of the bank and thought, well, I don't need to. Well, you know, it's true. When, when you're young, you're naive and think um, that the world is fair and that everything will work out and it's a small world out there and you can do it all on your own. And so, um, yeah, you know, I had a, a massive ego when I was younger. Um, and, and so I really did think, well, no, if they wanted my dad to come in and co-sign on this loan for this fabulous business plan that I had, um, well, why don't I just go to him directly? I'm an engineer by education, so I do know numbers. So, you know, why wouldn't I go to him for the loan? Why would I make him the middle person and, and, and the bank the middle person and give them interest? So, you know what, I'm just going to do with what I have. And that was 10000 bucks, um, a car that I sold um, to get that money and a little bit I had at the bank, in the bank from working at my parents' liquor stores. And the idea started as a private label house brand of spirits for my parents' local liquor stores in Calgary, where I'm born and raised. And the idea was to bring high-quality spirits at a low, everyday, fair price to their bar and restaurant customers and to have a house brand for their top three liquor stores in the province. And so... Um, you know, it, 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 it was all about being able to bring a better product to the market. And that's how the business started. And we, we brought, you know, the, the staples in the spirits business, the rye, vodka, gin. Um, and we really hit it out of the park with an Irish cream and tequila. And then what happened was things were going all right and things were plugging along. I was still in school and so was my brother and, um, and, uh, we were doing well. Um, but the, we really felt that we needed to tackle the beer market. So in 2002, um, my brother and I decided that, you know, spirits are great and we're doing well, but we need to get, um, into the beer market. And in Canada, the cheapest, the dirt cheapest six pack you could find was 10 bucks here. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was 10 bucks of beer that was not made with any real ingredients, made with corn syrup and rice, which is, should not be even close to a beer, despite what other brewers might tell you. Um, and, and just a bunch of fillers. And so we decided we wanted to make a real beer made with the four ingredients only that should be in beer. Um, give it a little bit, be- big, be- you know, better bang for your buck as far as alcohol percentage goes. Um, and just create a nice brand. And so we developed Mountain Crest Classic Lager, and nobody in Canada would co-pack it for us because all the breweries here are owned by the big guys. So we looked where we did when we were looking for spirits down south, and we ended up in Wisconsin. And um, a fabulous brewery there that um, was the second oldest brewery in the United States um, and been around since 1845, was having um, some capacity issues. They they really were at about 10% of their capacity. We stumbled upon them and said, listen, we got this recipe. Would you make it for us? And they said, yeah, sure, but we don't have a canning line. We only have bottling here. And they said, no, we were adamant. We were a big environmentalist. We were so we were very adamant that we wanted our beer to be in cans. Um, we were going to ship it to Canada. It's easier to ship. They get cold faster, um, 100% recycled. Recyclable aluminum is unlike the glass that is used in beer bottles. And so we said, okay, you know what? We had made some money by then. We will invest and um, give you the money um, to buy. We will buy the canning line and put it in your facility. 
and you make it for us. And we did, and Mountain Crest was an instant hit in Alberta. We quickly um, expanded to the rest of the Prairie Provinces uh, in Canada, and we did very well. We captured about 15% of the take-home market share um, in Canada. And so um, then the time came in 2006 where we were, um, you know, 95% of the production out of that brewery. And so we decided to buy it from them. We kind of forced them to buy it, sell it to us. And we expanded it. Um, and, and so it's in Wisconsin, in Monroe, Wisconsin. And then we grew from there. We have another craft brewery in Calgary. Um, we have a distillery in the U.S. and in Mexico where we make our own tequilas now. Also, we have for a while. And so... My our, our modus operandi has always been that you live within your means, and so mm-hmm. we we tackled a big project to begin with. We co-packed it. We slowly but surely um, collected the money to buy it ourselves, and then build other facilities onto it. Well, and you seem to be like you were in the um, the spirits market and the beer market before it really became trendy. Correct, kind of before yes. this big yes. hit. Agreed. Hmm. And and one of the things about making beer, yeah. um, One of the things about making beer that the accountants talk, and I thought this is you may agree with this or disagree with this, but if you have a really good brewery, um, it's like printing dollar bills. Would you agree with that? Well, well. Yes and no, if you do it right. You know, making beer is just like any other food product. So it's a manufacturing process at its core. Sure, it's great fun to drink the product and that's made afterwards. <laughs> um, right. mm-hmm. and, and it's nice to be in people's living rooms and on their boat with them, with them at the, you know. <laughs> um, but it is a manufacturing process at the end of the day. So, yes, it, it, if you have a great tasting beer that absolutely is unique, has, unique, has a great labeling, brand, Branding, packaging, yes, absolutely it can be, but just like any other um, um, food or, or, or beverage, it is a manufacturing process, and so you do have to make sure that that is sound at its core, and it's something that you can repeat over and over again um, and have consistency and quality. And so, um, you know, I think just like anything, it, it's about doing something right for a long time with quality and with integrity, and, and eventually you do print money and you eventually um, get a loyal customer base and and bring new people on board too. So I'm really curious about how you actually created the beer, you know, and the spirits. I mean, because when you Mm -hmm. were just starting out, you know, you were like, okay, I want to create a a, um, spirits for for my folks store. But how did you know, like, how to start that, you know, and how did you know, which ingredients to put in, and how did you keep your costs down? Like, how, how what, what, I mean, right? Well, we, you know, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of things, and you know what it all comes down to is school and educating yourself. Yeah. Um, there's so, you know, we went to beer school, we went to spirit school, my brother and I, um, you know, and so we mm. learned, and, you know, being engineers, um, I have a strong chemical you know, uh, a strong background in chemicals, let's face it. And so I understood the processes. And and, um, and just like anything, it's a recipe. And you get to taste profiles, you experiment, um, and and you have to start one step at a time. Absolutely. You ask a lot of questions. And one of the great things about being young, um, and I encourage all young people out there, is to ask questions. And people are more than willing to help you out if you actually go in wanting to learn something. And that's exactly exactly what I did. I had many mentors um, throughout the United States, many of them in Texas, actually. One of my first 
um, by chance the pliers too, who really did help me out and um, answer all the questions I had. And you know what? I still to this day just you really do have to be a curious individual to be successful in anything. I believe that you do have to ask questions and more questions um, because you never know it all. And so you have to you have to get into a business with an idea and then figure out how you're going to get there and based on sometimes what is already done. Um, and so, you know, in, in our business, of course, a lot of it is the licensing of getting into provinces into, and then, you know, retailing, selling. I, I took a lot of selling and negotiation courses, and I still do. And it's something that you do have to teach yourself because none of it does None of it is um, second nature to anybody, um, no entrepreneur either, despite what it might look like to the outside world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. and I think what's really interesting, too, about, like, the craft beer, beer community and everything is everyone's so willing because it's, like, such a craft, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. it seems like that community itself is so open to sharing um, how they do things and how they get their flavors Agreed. and everything else. And I believe more so than I think other industries. Yes, you're totally correct. And that's why it flourished over the last decade, especially in the last five to seven years, is because it is a group of um, like-minded individuals who want to help an industry, unlike the big guys, um, you know, and either Bush and Miller don't want to talk to anybody, they just buy Mm -hmm. everybody out, but they they don't want, they're not looking to improve, and so, um, and and so, yes, it absolutely becomes an industry of like-minded individuals who want to work together for the betterment of all of each other um, and the product in the end of the day that they can, that they're selling. So, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. So we're going to take a quick break, and then when we return, we're going to continue to talk to Manjeet uh, about whatever else we want to. So stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. 
It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is Manjeet Minhas. She is the co-founder of Minhas Brewery, and you might have seen her on The Dragon's Den. Uh, so we're talking about um, Manjeet's story, which is a really actually very compelling. And so, Manjeet, you obviously you have a lot of um, values that you sort of brew uh, no pun intended into your business right so you're right. you put you put drinking warnings on your on your cans of alcohol mm-hmm. you you also um are really conscious of how your products sort of um impact the environment you know how do how did that sort of start and how did you sort of bake that into your the dna of your business so to speak right well you know when we started in the business, um, I had for sure an idea and a product that I wanted to give and products that I wanted to bring to market. But I also recognized that I am a global citizen and I'm a citizen of not only Canada, the United States and this world. And, and to do my part, I needed to do my part and I wanted to do my part. And that for me was a couple different things. Um, two, one, because of the nature of the business that I am in, I I am not um, naive or blinded by the fact that, you know, alcohol does affect people's lives negatively if they um, do not consume it responsibly. And so I wanted, and I, and, and, I, and I don't want to affect people's lives in a negative way. You know, we want people to consume our products responsibly and when they're having a good time and, and socializing. And, um, and, and, and so I really did strongly believe in the management warnings. I think that it doesn't hurt anybody to remind um your consumers one more time what not to do or what to do. Um, and so, you know, in Canada, it's not a law that um, management warnings be put or warnings of any type um, be put on alcohol. But as a mom, as a wife, um, I really did feel um, uh, that it was important. And so um, if I could, you know, prevent one more child being born um, that doesn't have fetal alcohol syndrome or mm-hmm. one more... Um, you know, less person killed on the road. Um, I felt that that was my duty. And so I, I have it absolutely on every packet, on every can, and on every, every bottle, um, telling pregnant women not to drink, um, not to drink and drive, and to consume um, it responsibly and to respect yourself and the others around you. 
And so, absolutely, it is um, a part of everything that we do, and we do dedicate um, a fair number of our, a bit of our profits also for education of that. Um, uh, you know, I, I, it, it is important to me, absolutely. And then the other side um, being the environmental impact. I absolutely recognize, and it drives me nuts when I go shopping and I come home with, you know, um, something small and the packaging, is, you know, fills the whole garbage bag. And so um, I wanted to be conscious of that, too. And so it, it is a consumable that we, we, we create. So um, I use my engineering background to um, help reduce the size and the weight of the packaging, um, the cardboard, the plastic, um, and even the can. Uh, we worked with our can company in order to make it thinner. Um, so we're using less aluminum. And so, um, you know, I, 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 it's something that we absolutely do in not only our products, but in our facilities and all of our breweries, distilleries, and now our two wineries. Uh, we you reuse the water um, from hot to cold. We, don't, we you know, we try, we, we try to be smart about it. Um, and in the end of the day, it not only is great for the environment, but it's also great um, for our, you know, bottom line. In the end of the day, I think that everybody in the world would do things like that if um, they knew that not only is it good for the envir- environment, sure, upfront costs might be um, more than expected, but in the end of the day, you do cut down a lot on electricity, on water, on sewage bills, and all of those things that help um, a company make money and stay in the red. Right. So you're helping the environment and you're also, you know, it's economically, uh, you know, Great for your for your company, yeah. Yeah. So, what are some sort of values and philosophies you've put into your businesses? And I know you have multiple businesses, which we'll talk about. But, um, you know, whether that's with your employees or how you deal with vendors or how you want to market, you know, what are what are some of the things that have been really important? For you well, brother. you know, when I was growing up, um, my parents all believed, believed in the golden rule, and I still do believe in that. Um, and and so, if you deal with anybody at my companies, um, you, you know, I really do believe in treat people like the way you want to be treated. It sounds so old fashioned, and um, I know, um, but it really does work. And it's how you build a reputation and how you feel good at night um, by paying others' bills on time and and just being a good um, citizen and, and it's not only about being bus- you know a, a business owner um, I like to go to bed at night knowing that I haven't cheated anybody that I paid off my bills and, and, and I've helped many other people and their families out um, that work for me and I can do it not only for today or tomorrow but for the long term um, and so it, it really to me is, is simple when it comes down to it but sometimes I understand putting it into effect when you've got hundreds of employees and, you know, it's always about um, the bottom line, um, putting it into effect. And so I think that everything is top-down. And so when people do see my brother and I operating that way, um, that they that they do the same thing. And so, um, you know, uh, I, I, I really do believe that um, the division between my personal life and my work life should not be there as far as my ethics and my values go. The way that I treat my employees is the same way that, I treat my family members, and so um, I think that that's been one of the keys to our success over the last 17 years, for sure. Yeah, 
And so you I mean, have more alone. You know, I might right. have had the idea, uh, but um, and we might have started it, my brother and I. But we haven't built this empire all by ourselves. There have been hundreds of other people um, that have been a part of it with us, and who put a lot of um, blood, sweat, and tears into it with us um, to create everything. And so I think that um, that any entrepreneur needs to continuously remind themselves that you don't do it yourself. Um, it is a team, and and it is a team effort. You might be the leader, but everybody does have to work together, and they work for you in the end of the day to help your dream come true. So why wouldn't you treat treat them, you know, like gold? Right, right. And, and so you, how many employees do you have? And I guess the other question is, how many businesses do you have? Because I know you've expanded into, you know, graphic design and television and construction. Um, right. So you're uh, all yeah, over so, the place. Um, on the alcohol side of things, we have about uh, 250, and um, and and so in this day and age, um, you know, a lot of of course is mechanized. We do you do see a lot of people at our facilities for sure, but we have a lot of robots too now. So, um, yeah. um, uh, and then yes, I believe in being vertically integrated. So when we started to get uh, busy and we decided early on, and I recognized that wow, I'm paying a lot of money to graphic design team co- companies because. You know, every label, every product, every POS, um, lots of graphic design. So I opened up my own company. Um, mm-hmm. And so we do all of our own printing, our own glass decorating, for example, our own designs for all of our bottles and cans and spirits, um, all the marketing. Um, and then, yeah, um, the same thing went. Um, I opened up a TV and film production company. It was supposed to be only for our TV commercials because we do a lot of them. Um, and it kind of spawned into something else, too. So we do a lot of documentaries. <laughs> documentaries, a lifestyle programming for a lot of networks in Canada, um, and corporate, other corporate um, work, and, and we make our own commercials, too. So, um, and then, um, yeah, along with it, you know, it, it, they're, all, they're all somehow related to the alcohol business. <laughs> I, I, do treat them to, I do treat them as businesses on their own, but they, 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 they flourished and they started out of a need uh, for the beer business. And then did Dragon's Den reach out to you or did you apply or how did that all get started? Yeah, um, they did. Yes, um, they. Uh, so two years ago, um, I got a call the day it was announced. Arlene Dickinson, she was the woman on the panel prior to me, um, is that was not coming back for season ten, and um, and I was on their radar. Would I be interested? And I myself have known all the past dragons, um, and they're all great people, <laughs> and they all loved um, their experience on the show. And um, so yeah, I went down and. Uh, for a screen test and kind of to get an idea of what it might be like. And, um, and uh, yeah, two days later they called me and they said that they liked my tape. <laughs> so would I be interested? Then I got the lowdown at the time and the investment and, and um, talked to my brother about it because um, unlike some of the past dragons, I, um, you know, I do have a young family. I have two young girls and um, a flourishing still business, a growing business. I'm nowhere near to retirement yet, so um, I mm-hmm. needed to make sure of that because it is a big time commitment for sure, um, shooting the show. Um, and then once my husband was also on board, I said yes. And so we've got uh, two years under my belt and uh, 48 investments, um, wow. which have been fabulous. Um, and then um, my next season, so our season 12, um, we will be filming uh, this April and May. 
Wow, that's so exciting. And so what was your what's your experience been like working with the other dragons and hearing people's pitches? Um, what's it like yeah, for you? Yeah, it's been interesting. It's been fabulous, actually. It's such um, an array of different businesses and people and products. And I never know what to expect, and that's the great thing. It's You know, it is the definition of reality TV because we don't know anything about them or the business or the product before they walk down those stairs. Um, oh. In our in our version, they have stairs, and so we don't we don't um, know anything. And so we get an hour to poke and prod, and, and it is really our our um, our gut feeling because we don't have other people to talk to and computers and you know and all those to kind of to go back to to do the research on. So it is our gut feeling and what our um, what our what we feel as we whether we like it or not, um, and more important whether we really like the entrepreneur. And by like, I mean whether we could see ourselves working with them, giving them our money, um, you know, see when challenges come about, can we see them um, pivoting um, to recreate something or, you know, move on or not. And so um, in the end of the day, it really does come down to the entrepreneurs, not so much the product or the service they're offering. Um, sure, there has to be mm. some creativity and, and that can help, but it really uh, has been an enlightening experience for me. Um, and, and I see myself in so many of the startups, uh, which is the fun part of it. Um, but it's been it's been also interesting working with the other dragons because everybody does have a different set of expertise. You know, Jim is the franchise king, and and um, and Michelle with tech, and Joe with um, you know uh, clothing, and 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 then in on the in, in pure investment side, Michael. And so everybody does um, have a different way of tackling a project, and so mm-hmm. I've learned a lot from them too. Um, it's nice to get outside of our own bubbles too, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. So we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back. We're going to talk to um, Manjeet about more about the Dragon's Den and also uh, more about the business. So stay tuned. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit NewVisionCPAGroup.com today for more information. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, 
finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold, and you're listening to Let's Get Radical. And... Um, before we get into our last segment or our next segment um, where we've been uh, talking to Manjeet about um, her awesome breweries and her entrepreneurial journey and all that stuff, I do have to give a quick shout out to Intuit and a big thank you to them for sponsoring our show. Um, and and I want to bring back this last segment, which I always say, you know, I'm in the financial underwear drawer, but I want to bring it back and talk a little bit to, about, uh, to Manjeet about um, the idea of regulation in her business. And the reason I think that it's so important that we touch on it is because she is in probably one of the most highly regulated businesses, and that's the alcohol business. Um, there's all kinds of taxes related to it. There's all kinds of rules and all kinds of – it's just really, um, I would say, one of the har- the hardest businesses to be in. And I guess my question to you is when you were at the young age of 19 and you started it, how you dealt with all that regulation and kind of figured it out and like approached it? Because to me, it seems like a very daunting business to start. Yeah, the regulation absolutely is um, really frustrating at a lot of points because on most things, it delays everything, and you don't get straight answers, and it's expensive, and um, yeah, it's the absolute not fun part of my business, for sure. And um, unfortunately, there's lots of businesses that are um, in that same uh, predicament all the time, um, but I think the alcohol business is uh, is the most. Um, I think maybe tobacco is, is up there with us, and so um, it's something that we do dedicate a lot of time, money, and resources to to make sure that we do it right the first time um, because we found that you know we've spent we spent so much time and money in creating a brand and a product and ready to launch and without proper um, registration and license approvals it for each brand and each size and each alcohol product um, you can get delayed which can cost so much money I mean also really hurt your reputation with retailers because um, they don't really care what the excuses they just want it and so um, it, it's been a tough lesson to learn more than a couple times. Um, you know, I have made the mistake of absolutely having all the products ready to go before um, I, I had um, sign-offs and everything in, you know, Ontario here in Canada, um, which cost me so much money, almost sunk us um, when we were um, five years in. And so it, it was something I learned the hard way for sure um, that I do have to, 
succumb to um, the rules and regulations of our industry, and so you got to work it in. It's not easy, um, but it's a fact of life. Um, and it's something that I do as I get older <laughs> and wiser, uh, think that actually it can be a competitive advantage. Is that once any, you, as a company, you know how to manage all the red tape and all the regulations, um, you're 10 steps ahead of your competition. Um, and so it, it, right. it, it's about looking at a glass full kind of thing. Yeah. And you know what? My favorite um, I mean, this is kind of geeky, and you might not be aware of it because it's a U.S. rule, but did you know that cider is taxed as a wine and not as beer? Yes. And so... <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was really so, interesting. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things because it's made from a fruit, right? So there's a lot of nuances. And so, yes, and, and so they don't care whether it's a grape or whether it's a pear, whether you call it cider or wine. So um, it's one of those, yeah, there's a lot of nuances that, hey, that we, I absolutely have learned um, from many countries. You know, the United States really is the United States. Um, every, all 50 states have unique rules, too. And so um, the provinces and, and territories in Canada are no different. Every province is different, has different regulations. It's, and, and not only about the product, you know, what drives me more nuts is about the marketing. Um, there's so many great, crazy, fun things that we would, that we love to do, we would love to do, um, but we're just not allowed because we're dealing with alcohol and it's such a sensitive um, uh, topic as far as advertising goes. And so, uh, you know, the Internet has really opened us up to a lot of new things, but traditional, um, you know, billboard, TV advertising, all those kind of things, our hands are tied so many times. And it drives us nuts. Um, but what do you do? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So I guess I'm going to switch gears a little bit. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about Dragon's Den. And mm-hmm. when you're um, when you're listening to these entrepreneurs and you're listening to them kind of pitch and um, you're trying to make a decision, um, do you like... I guess, do you go to the financials right away or like, do you like listen more to the heart of the entrepreneur or like, what is your own personal response to kind of evaluating them and picking who you're going to invest in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a numbers gal for sure. Um, you know, I it's one of those things that everything comes down to numbers for me. My business is built on economies of scale and being, um, you know, 10% cheaper than everybody else in the market. And so it's about volume for me. So um, I truly do believe in numbers and and um, it, it really does give a pulse of the way things are going. Um, for me, I, I don't invest emotionally. Um, I... It, it, it's not me. I never have. Um, yeah, I, you know, I am and have been deemed absolutely as a tough dragon um, the last two years. And, uh, you know, I, I think tough um, only because I like answers. <laughs> so I don't necessarily consider myself tough. I think when it comes to money, everybody needs to answer questions um, and have answers to them, especially financials, um, because you're asking for my money in the end of the day, and I need to know that you can handle it, um, where you're going to spend it, how you're going to spend it, um, and, and that I can trust you, because in the end and- of the day, I'm not the one signing the checks once I give them to you. So, And do you think most of the entrepreneurs that come on the show um, have the basis in financials that they need to to really ask for the money that they are? No. 
<laughs> so I, mean, I think that's a key takeaway. Yeah, I mean, it's not and just so, the money, though, that they're getting. They're also getting your time and your expertise, right? right? So it's, right. you know, so you want to make sure that the they're going to be open to it. Way too many people, um, when they're starting out, think that, oh, my God, this idea is worth a million bucks. Well, it's only worth a million bucks if somebody will pay you for that. And so, uh, just because, you know, your mom told you it was a great idea, it doesn't mean that it is. And so you do need to take it out. You do need to validate it. And you do need to get people to give you their hard-earned money for you to prove that it's a viable business and that it's worth X dollars and that it is um, worth investing in. And so, um, you know, too many people come in, uh, even to me on the street, never mind um, in the den, um, and have an idea that they themselves are too close to and too emotional to to actually see um, whether or not it is something that could be successful and worth, you know, my, you know, $100,000. And so I also do believe that not everybody can be um, a financial expert and be a business person. To be a business person, you know, if you have an arts mind or if you have a tech background or um, there's so many different types of entrepreneurs and I think too many people don't realize that they're not the ones to deal with the numbers, that they shouldn't be in charge of their checkbook, um, that they should hire a professional to do that, to tell them this is how much you are spending, this is how much you are making, this is what the margin should be, this is, you know, how much you can spend, this is how much it's worth. Um, and, and so it's too many people, and, I, and it's not, um, I, I don't think it's entrepreneurs' fault all the time because it's not the way that we are educated in North America. It's not, when we go to school, we're not educated as to how, what a credit, what a debit is, what, how to read a balance sheet, and all of the things right. that really you need to know in order to run a business. Well, and you don't need to know the depth of them. You just have to have understanding no. of them and then let the Agreed. professionals do their, you know, their, their magic. But you got I, it. I, I think but it's so amazing, to too, that to you said that. Help. Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> you have more, Jody? You have more yeah. questions? Well, no, I was going to just go. So to the next last piece that I'd like to touch on here is mm-hmm. time management. Obviously, you are phenomenally, right. you are busy all the time with all your businesses and Dragon's Den and, and all this stuff. Um, how do you delegate and what's your like go-to to keep your keep yourself sane? Yeah, um, a couple things. One, um, I don't do it myself. I ask for help for sure. I don't micromanage either. That was the toughest thing um, to do when um, after I got married and then when I got pregnant to say, oh, my God, I can't do everything. So you do have to start relying on people, and you have to know when to ask for help because, yeah, you can absolutely get burnt out. Um, so, you know what, when it comes to have two girls, four and seven years old, and so, of course, they, you know, they're at a really fun stage but and also a very time-consuming stage in life, too. Um, and so I ask. And I have a lot of help, um, whether it be at home, um, you know, or whether it be at work. Um, I really, really do believe in scheduling. Uh, every hour of my life is scheduled. To some people, that might seem like horror. But to me, 
it's sanity and it's for me to feel comfort to know, okay, what's going to happen? Not to say that, you know, things don't move around because, um, of course, life happens. However, there is a plan um, and it's it's made out about at least a month in advance. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it, there is a plan and everybody is in on the plan. <laughs> so scheduling, scheduling, scheduling. The best thing that I ever did was get, a, you know, buy everybody a scheduling app and get every, my family, my husband, my um, colleagues, the company, all the boards and the volunteer things that I do for everybody to see when they can, you know, get a piece of me. And so um, it, it is It is a community and it takes a community and a village to raise a family um, and also to, to raise a company and an empire. And so, um, and also the, the other thing that I think that too many women um, fall, um, you know, in, in the trap of guilt, um, that there's all these things that we feel we need to do, um, but we can't, and it's impossible. It's impossible um, to be everywhere and for, uh, for be there for everyone. And so I absolutely do pick and choose, but my kids know where I am and what I'm doing. So if I'm at gymnastics or ballet recital, I am all there and not thinking about the meetings that I missed. If I am traveling or if I'm at the office um, and a beer meeting or whatever, I'm not worried about the bedtime story that I missed at home. So I really do believe in being present wherever you are and just not feeling guilty um, because, you know what, that's the way you bring your best self um, to your your family and, and at work. Yeah, I love that. We're, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back with Manjeet, so stay tuned. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is the Dragon's Den Dragon, Manjeet Minhas. We're so excited to have her here with us today. And um, we've been talking about a, a bunch of different things. But Manjeet, I, I just have to ask you, what are what are the things that you just will not delegate? The, the, the stuff in your business that you just really enjoy doing, big or small? Yeah, uh- First and foremost, the tasting panel. <laughs> um, you know, absolutely. Um, but uh, what I really love is the branding and the marketing. And so mm. I am absolutely involved in everything that has to do with our new product developments and all the new beers um, that we bring out. And so it is, to me, fun. It's a creative process. And then after that, you know, while we're thinking about it, we got to think of the sales strategy, too. And so there's so many pieces to that puzzle. Uh, the marketing, the branding, absolutely, um, and the vision for each brand um, is is something that I love doing, and it's really what is a, is a challenge that I love to face every day that gets me up and going. So speaking of challenges, what do you think has been your biggest challenge, aside from the regulatory stuff, <laughs> as a business <laughs> owner, and your greatest success? Mm. Well, my greatest success for sure was buying our first brewery in 2006 with cash and then renaming it mm. the Manhattan Brewery. Um, absolutely, that was. Um, and, and you know what? Yeah, the challenge is, you know, in the end of the day, I think um, with any um, industries that has been around for a long time that you don't invent like ours, the challenges are your competition that are so much bigger than you um, and, and global um, every day. And right. so I'm um, trying to be the first one out and trying to, um, you know, uh, deal with retailers and the sales um, thrill of it all. You know, we are the ninth largest brewery in the world. Um, mm-hmm. So we got eight spots to go. And those are eight very, very mm-hmm. big steps to take. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, my, my challenges are daily, absolutely. And, and, um, and, and it's fun, absolutely. It's been an amazing 17-year journey for us to get to where we are today. Um, but it's what keeps us going, absolutely, the thrill of, um, of selling our next billion cans. So and speaking you, of, oh. oh, I was going to say, do you like the fact that like kind of there's a new market for craft beers and everything? I mean, is, is that exciting to you that there's like this whole like world opening up that wasn't there maybe 10 years ago? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there there is. And, and it's exciting that that this, there is new industries within the industry. Um, but the challenging portion of it is um, that overall beer consumption in North America has not increased. 
and um, in in the last decades. And so it, I know it's hard to believe. People just move around. Um, so they're totally, you know, this is the engineer talking now and me, the leaders right. um, uh, per individual consumed um, are the same. Now it's whether or not you're drinking craft beer or wine or brown spirits or white spirits. It's, it just moves around. So it's about getting people's attention uh, and then hopefully getting their wallets. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So where do you see the Minhas Brewery going in the next, I don't know, a couple years, five years? What are your goals? Oh, I have, I yes, I'm very goal-oriented, too. I don't necessarily <laughs> share them. However, it's yeah. one of those things that um, I don't think we can ever predict. If you would have asked me, you know, two and a half years ago, I wouldn't have ever dreamed that I would be sitting in your family room um, on Wednesday nights for an hour, you know, giving my money away, essentially, on TV. So it's it's one of those things that I I do um, I do do a lot of goal setting for sure personally and for my companies, but I also do understand that you never really know what the world has um, has planned for you, and so um, I I just do believe in just taking everything that comes my way um, and and enjoying it um, because. Like I said, there's only so many hours in the day, and, and um, not all of it is fun for sure, but most of it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I love that it, you're enjoying the journey. Yeah. 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 Yes. I really enjoying do think the journey. For anybody to be successful, you do need to enjoy it, and you have to be passionate. Otherwise, you won't find success in the long term. It's not only about the money. Sure, the money is a bonus, and I think when everybody starts as an entrepreneur, you dream about your first million, and you dream about, you know, then ten million, and and but once you get there, it doesn't. It's not actually about the money. It's about many other things, and so um, it, it, it. And for me, um, it's about uh, being an entrepreneur. Is about doing what I love, having fun at it, and then. Uh, being able to do what I want every day, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I think it's fantastic. And for our small businesses and entrepreneurs who are listening right now, I mean, what advice would you give them, you know, if they're facing obstacles, if they're facing challenges, but yet they know that, you know, their idea is worth it and their dream is worth mm-hmm. it? Like, what What kind of encouragement would you give them? It's pretty simple. Don't give up. Too many people give up way too early, just when they're on the cusp of success. Um, Everybody has challenges and bumpy roads, despite um, what it might look like to you and all the articles you read about all the successful businesses and companies and entrepreneurs. Nobody has a straight path to success in a straight line. Um, you know, it takes years, um, decades, sometimes centuries for people to actually make it. Um, it just might look like it to the outside world that it's overnight success. And so, like, yeah, I like to say people, my overnight success is 17 years. Like, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, so don't give up. You know, uh, keep going. Um Iterate, though. You know, it, 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 being a good entrepreneur and business person is about recognizing what is wrong and what you need um, to pivot and where you need to pivot um, and and mm-hmm. so and recognizing um, what is happening around you and what your customers are demanding so um, you know constant innovation um, is necessary for any company to survive mm-hmm. yeah no I think that's great advice so so Manjeet how can people you're on Wednesday nights um, on yep, CBC. Wednesday nights on CBC Okay, and you know, and it's all online. You can find it online. Yeah, and also, um, yeah, yeah. And how can they get some information about your breweries? 
Yeah, um, so, yeah, our website is minhas, M-I-N-H-A-S, brewery.com, um, and my website is manjeetminhas.com, and um, it'll direct you to our um, many different products and merchandise and yeah, give you some background for sure, some videos, uh, lots of fun stuff. Fantastic. Awesome. Wonderful yeah. job. The only thing you Thank can't you. do online is taste our beers, but you can get, you know, pick up a boxer f- or a mountain crest or um, a Kirkland beer. We make all of Costco's Kirkland beer on the planet. So, um, you know, you, you go to your local liquor store and I'm sure you'll find something made by Manhattan breweries. And Trader Joe's too, I read. Is right. that And Trader true? Joe's, we, we yeah. do produce all of their private la- um, branded spirits and um, beers too. Name tag, yeah. both and a lot of different brands so cool. for sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm a frequent of Trader Joe's, so now I'm exactly going to go check it out. So, um, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We know you're incredibly busy. Um, You know how you can get in touch with us at Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. What else, Jody? Leave us some love on iTunes. (laughs) So, um, we're always hitting up people for reviews, you know. So, thank you so much, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.